Hey guys, welcome to episode two of Next on the Platform. This week we are on with Alex Sidor. Um, I'll let you introduce yourself, Alex, although everyone will probably know you. How's it going, guys? My name is Alex Sidor. I'm an 83 kg lifter in the Teen 3 class in the USAPL. Um, I hold six American records in the Teen 2 83 kg class that I just broke at the Florida State Championship in 2020. So, I because I had Aiden on last week, you guys are in the same weight class, right? I'm confused who is like, because I know you have different records. Is that, are you the champ or is he the champ? Like, yeah, so he, there's, we haven't competed at um, Raw Nationals because it was canceled in 2020. So, they, in the USAPL, they started allowing people to break American records at local meets. So, we both did local meets and I'm in the, before I turned 18, um, I was still 17, and I broke the, the 16 to 17, 83 kg squat, deadlift, and total record, and he broke the 18 to 19 um, squat, deadlift, and total. Oh, okay, because I know he is slightly older than you, so the yeah, difference was um, the age. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I was confused on how it all worked. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so about yourself, when, when did you start powerlifting? How long's it been? So I started lifting um, four years ago, uh, my freshman year in high school, um, just lifting for, um, you know, just to just get bigger. And then I started powerlifting in junior year of high school. So two years after I originally started lifting. So I've been powerlifting for two years, lifting before, and yeah, competing for two years also. And here we are. How, did, how many comps have you done in the last two years? I have done... I've done five competitions in two years. Wow. Um, yeah. when, you, when you started, because I know a lot of people, I got a few questions when I put you up on my story. A lot of people want to know specific stuff. I'll ask you that stuff after, but everyone sort of want to know like, oh, I'm at this level. Can I get to that level? Or how long is it going to take me to catch up to Alex? Or, you know, that sort of thing. Like when you started, what sort of level were you at? And Because I know lots of people start with like a 100 kilo deadlift or whatever. Did you sort of... Was it quick process yeah. or did it take a little while? So you're saying like when I started lifting or started yeah. powerlifting? Oh, when you started lifting altogether because I assume you did um, SBD yeah. from the start. Yeah, I, I was doing SBD and I was strength training. Um, I wasn't that strong. I think my bench was 95 pounds. I squatted 135 and I delved like 165. That's, that was the first start when I was I was. 13 years old and I was 130 pounds yeah so that's, so that's sort of that's pretty basic like starting point so yeah. um, for anyone that's wondering if Alex started with a ridiculous uh, totally didn't he started same as everyone else um, and then you started you said strength training two years later yeah uh, at that point I was at um, a 365 squat um, like a 200 15 pound bench press and then like a four or five deadlift when I started competing. And I assume you just like um, ran programs off the internet and stuff. You didn't, you didn't have Sean from the start, did you? No. Yeah. I was just finding out programs. I ran some, I ran a Kaizen strength program. I ran Can Candido and the program that made me the, probably the most progress was um, the small program. Yeah. Okay. I've heard good things about that one. Um, yeah. And did you run? Did you run one of those into your first meet, or or did you have a coach at that point? Um, into my first meet, I was doing the 
it was like a Kaizen, it was a Kaizen strength program. Um, didn't really know what I was doing. I kind of just, kind of just went into it and I just, I didn't even peak and taper. I just went into the meet at my body weight and just tried to hit whatever I could hit that day. I had goals in mind, but I wasn't sure I was going to hit them. Uh, it, it turned out pretty good, but you know, that's a that's uh, a good way to do it. That's it. I know, like a lot of lifters, they go into their first competition. They're like, "Oh, should I cut or should I be?" It's like just go into it and just get the experience because most likely on your first meet, yeah. you you might stuff up here and there, and the nerves. And that's yeah. I know, at least for me, the nerves stuff me up a little bit. I think it's good to just do your first competition, get it out of the way, then you know what it's like, and sort of go from there. Yeah, absolutely. Like, there's no need to like um, stress about the competition. There's no need to like. Um, I don't think even like water cut, like just go into the meet, have fun, um, you know, hit, hit PRs, go nine for nine and just, you know, get the experience of the actual competition because, um, competing is much different than doing an SPD day in the gym. Mm. Like it's, it's a very different like, um, scenario and anything, anything can happen really. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, when's your next meet coming up now? Cause I know, I know you competed not recently, but in the last few months you hit that was it 700, 600 pound deadlift, was it? Um, yeah, 633 deadlift. Yeah, oh man. What's that? Like, that's uh, like two, what is that in kilos? kilos? Okay, yeah. Um, man, that's crazy. Um, so what's your next comp, do you know? Uh, yeah, my next comp is in, it's uh, I think, eight, yeah, eight weeks, February 28th, uh, TSS Strength Classic in Texas. Okay, and I saw recently the, Everyone was reposting on their stories. The USAPL, did they like announce a meet or is that the federation that just like had the, is it their first meet back after the restrictions or whatever? I'm, I'm confused by what that was. Yeah, so they they just announced like everything is on for the year with um, collegiate nationals uh, and raw nationals. And there's a thing called teen nationals now, which is basically high school nationals and teenagers combined. Um, so yeah, everything they, they just announced that the USAPL, like I'm doing a USAPL meet, mm. but those are like the big standard, the big high level national meets. Well, that's good news for you, I guess, with records and that stuff in mind. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, other than what we just spoke about. So when did you start working with Sean? Cause I know, um, Sean's coaching about half of the powerlifting community, him and Joey. Um, but yeah. when did you start working with Sean and sort of tell us what that's been like? Um, I've been working with Sean for around a year and two months now. Um, and before that I was working with Pete Rubish, who was like a USPA guy. Um, but yeah, definitely working with Sean, was like a good idea. Um, I made lots of progress, lots of insightful details about my, um, technique and stuff like that. And I've learned like a lot of information on, on him. Yeah. And off him. Yeah. He seems like a great coach. I, um, I always watch his stuff and. I always see him comment on like your posts or one of his other athletes, like Sawyer and stuff. And, um, yeah. he seems like a great dude. Yeah. You, um, you train today? Uh, I just, yeah, I just finished training. What did you have today? Uh, today was, I had a set of eight on squat at five and a half to six and I did 190 kg. Um, then I did a back down set two by six with 175 and then I, and that was it. So you're in like the volume phase before the, yeah, before the prep really kicks up. Yeah, I've yeah, like my my first squat day is high rep. My second squat day is tempo, and then my third squat day is like the competition single. So you're on what a three 
three two frequency or yeah three squat four bench um two deadlift two deadlifts yeah that's um still relatively high i know like with me i i'm only on two squats a week three bench and only one deadlift just because i can't and i know a lot of lifters have trouble with that volume i could never be squatting three times a week um yeah it was but, i started with two and we mm, transitioned to three yeah that's the way i guess if you can handle it why not absolutely um so one of the questions that i got um was and i'll get it up specifically because it was a quite a specific question it was about your deadlift um it was how did your deadlift go from how did his deadlift progress so quickly when he went from 584 times one at 10 to 584 times one at six in a few months time and that was one of the specific questions that i got um so i hit 584 on kilos in March of 2020. And then I think like, yeah, three weeks ago, I hit it um, at a gym in Florida because I was on vacation for seven. And I wasn't really even like trying to go for a PR that day, but I felt good. Um, I was on a par, I was on a bar that just wasn't comp standard. It was very whippy. So it's obviously gonna help me. Um, I was on not comp plates, I was on pound plates. Those pound plates probably weren't accurate. They were definitely lighter. So, I mean, that's what I can say. The strength, I definitely have been progressing a lot on my high rep deadlifts. Um, and that was a top end strength. Like that was my, you know, last week before I do, before I do like a deload. So I was at top end strength right there. Just, you know, pushing it mentally sometimes really helps me and just, you know, stuff like that. One of the comments I saw on one of your posts is like about the hype, because I know even with like a low RP set, you sort of come into it. Like for example, in your, in your home gym, you the hype is like crazy. Um, even for like someone in the comments said, how do you keep up the hype even with like an easy set? Um, that's something that I was interested in too. Cause I know training at home is sometimes rough. Like I have a home gym. Um, and I know it feels heavier in there and it's, sometimes it's hard cause it's like at your house, um, compared to the gym. How do you keep that like hype going for such a long amount of time, especially at, like an easy weight for you? Yeah, um, I'd say it's just like just thinking about what I'm gonna, what I want to accomplish in the future, what my goals are. Um, just thinking of that before the session, while I'm taking my pre-workout, while I'm warming up, just just in my mind consciously, I'm thinking, all right, I need to beat this kid, I need to beat this person, I need to beat myself, I need to be, I need to beat my records, I need to go for gold, I need to win. Um, just keeping that very conscious in my mind, so I don't lose track of my goals and I don't like slack off on workouts that i need to take every single workout serious because every single workout counts it's not one that counts it's not a few that counts it's every single workout that you put work in hard work it it all will pay off and it all counts to the bigger picture which is the competition you know you compete at a meet at the end so it's the more so it's not like if the if the weight doesn't hype you up then it's the the goal or the thought of the progression over a period of time that's what you're saying yeah exactly it's not like um yeah, because I've done I like whenever I do I do that I get like, hyped up about a set. Um, I'm thinking about I've done this before, but let me move it faster this time. I want to move it at RPs instead of RP seven. Let me move it at RP RP five. You know, it's just about you know progress isn't always um not always adding weight to the bar. There's you know you could ability PR it, which means like you're just doing it at a faster rate or you know you just make the set faster. Yeah, that's a that's a good way to look at it. I know like. For myself, I have sort of come into like the last bench day or whatever of the week and I'm sort of burnt out. I sort of 
just sort of go through the workout but I guess that's a I really like that way of looking at it at least and I think other people could probably benefit from that as well I think people have the same sort of they don't have that attitude with nutrition where it's sort of like oh it's just one day or if I just don't eat this meal well every day it sort of doesn't matter but I think especially with nutrition and I know you're on top of it but um, people sort of think that it doesn't add up or they sort of miss the benefits because they're not doing it over a period of time but that one meal or that 20 extra grams of protein over a year you know that adds up and um but yeah i think that's a good attitude to have you you're obviously absolutely. tracking your macros and stuff yeah absolutely it's it's really important because everything in powerlifting like the small things really matter when you're at the elite level um the small wins you're doing over your competitor that's what's going to get you the win you're doing those mm. small things every single day staying consistent with it you know, you're 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 gonna be at the top. Mm. That's exactly right. I know because a lot of people, they look at people like you and they're like, "Oh, I want to catch up and whatever." And it's like, well, he's doing the same thing as you. He's got a good coach. He's probably just eating better than you, and he probably trains harder than you. And it's like things that they can change. Um, yeah. But yeah, absolutely. Um, so, like another question that someone had for you was, um, when did you realize in your lifting career? I guess um, when did you realize that you had potential um so when i did my first meet um i definitely you know it, it was okay um like i don't know really how like it was the standards but when i was doing my first meet i was just looking at the records and i was like all right i need to get to these records um you know that should be my goal because i want to you know be at the top so i want to beat these records and then when I started, and then I qualified for high school nationals, and I won that. I was like, all right, I think I'm actually, I think I actually can do this. Um, went to raw nationals, and I was like, if I win raw nationals, take first place in my division, I could qualify for worlds, which is the top end competition, IPF worlds. Everyone wants to go to IPF worlds, um, and then I did that. I won. So probably when I won raw nationals, I would, yeah, when I won raw nationals. Um, before I even broke any records, uh, I was like, yeah, I think, I think I'm pretty strong for my age and I think I could be an elite level lifter very do you, soon. Do you remember what your numbers were at that point? At Raw Nationals, um, my numbers were 485 squat, uh, 303 bench, and a 545 deadlift at 83 kg, 16 years old. At 16? Wow. Yeah. That's heavy, man. Um, yeah. And so, would you have gone to Worlds last year if it wasn't cancelled, or yeah, did you... in twenty twenty June, I was I was on the Worlds team, but it just got cancelled because of the coronavirus. So obviously, the goal is to get there again this year. If, yeah, if it's still uh, on, I guess. Yeah, they're using raw national. They're using all the nationals. So T national. I'm pretty sure they're using T nationals, collegiate nationals, and then the last the last competition is raw nationals before they make the Worlds team before USA, you know, before USA to make the world's team and then they send them off. And I'm pretty sure world's is in September around there. I was speaking to a guy who wants to go um, just from where I live and he said it's really complicated. You have to go through like a local meet and then a state meet and then you have to go, is it nationals and then worlds? Yeah, I mean, it really it really depends um, about where you are. For USA, all I know is you have to do a local meet to have a qualifying total for nationals. You can't just jump straight into nationals. Yeah. You have to do a meet before that. Once you get to qualifying total, if, if at nationals you win your class, then you can qualify for worlds. Like you have to come first place in it. 
Okay. Oh, yeah, because he was sort of saying, like, if he was to go for it, it'd be, like, a two or three meets between now and, like, November, which is just a little bit too much. Like, that's sort of competing frequency yeah. a little bit too high. It's sort of probably burn him out for Worlds even. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not really too sure what it yeah. is in other countries. Is that yeah. USA? But um, are you still competing, like, once or twice a year? Or are you going to... Because I know, like, Sean spoke about recently with himself... He, um, he said, oh, sort of competing twice a year. I believe what he said was it's sort of over a period of time, it's sort of counterintuitive where he needs to drop it down a little bit, have more of an off-season. Um, um, like, what do I think about that? Yeah, no, well, for yourself at least, like, are you still going to compete, like, one or two times this year or even more with Worlds? Oh, absolutely. For right now, um, in the first six months of this year, I'm supposed to be competing three times, so... Yeah, I'm supposed to be doing three competitions. I'm supposed to be doing um, this Texas, this Texas meet, and then in April I'm supposed to be doing collegiate nationals, and then in June I'm supposed to be doing raw nationals. So that's a pretty quick turnaround. Yeah. Like between, absolutely. so what you just like quick deload after and then go again essentially because between you're eight weeks out now, so February and April, that's not even. Yeah, it's it's just gonna be it's just gonna be like meat prep after meat prep after meat prep, and that was I was supposed to do that last year. I was supposed to do um a january meet and then a march meet and then worlds but both got the march and worlds got canceled so i didn't mm. even have the experience for that but but i think uh, i know sean has you on like a lot of spd days i mean that'll probably help you um if you're doing like a weekly spd you're probably not used to competing that much but like that your body sort of yeah. had that frequency that'll definitely help um do you prefer that over just like a not a bro split but like would you pref- do you prefer the SPD days over not doing them or? Uh, absolutely, because when I started doing SPD days, SPD days, I started with Sean, and at the beginning of it, like by the time I was at deadlifts, I was completely dead. Like the mm. first week, few weeks, I was working with him. I was like, why is my deadlift so bad? When I get to when I get to the end, and then after a few weeks, months, my my deadlifts finally started picking up on those SPD days, and it's like, wow, like SPD SPD days are really important. Because mm. if you don't do them, you're going to be dead out of meat on deadlifts, you know? Mm. I think that's very important. Yeah, I think it is too. I um, I spoke to my coach about it recently. I was like, hey, we've done heaps of volume. Can we put in SBD days and more singles and get sort of get used to that like competition standard stuff? Because I think a lot of guys um, sort of stuff up on the day or when they do, it's sort of, it's because they haven't had that like high level of practice coming into it. I know. Um, at least you and all the other guys that Sean coaches, they get a lot of competition practice in before the meet. I think he emphasizes that really highly. Absolutely. He, yeah. he, that's the main thing he does emphasize. Yeah. Um, that's, uh, yeah, I think that's really good. Um, one of the, I'll, I'll grab up another question cause I know there's people who want specific stuff answered. Oh, um, are you still playing soccer? That was one of the questions. Um, currently I am still playing soccer, but for this next seat, like uh, our season got moved to spring and then like a week ago, it just got canceled again. Mm. So we might be practicing in, in this uh, spring, but we're not going to be having a whole And so we're not going to be going as hard as we usually would be. And I haven't even played, um, like I haven't played at all, um, like any games yet because everything was been canceled during Corona. We've just been practicing in the fall. Uh, once or twice a week so it's been very slow right now at soccer um, I'm here for two years at Penn State Brandywine for soccer 
And then after my second year, my third year, my junior year of college, I'm going to be going up to main campus where I'm not going to be playing soccer. And so, well, so you plan on playing for the next two years, you said? Does yeah, that so, does that yeah. interfere with your lifting? Because I know, like, I played for 10 years, and if I was to uh, train once or twice a week, I'd feel like it would be hitting me pretty hard right now. Yeah. Uh, I still had the mentality where, like, I would be like, I just need to, like, even if I'm dead after the, even if, yeah, even if I'm dead after the soccer practice or even a game sometimes, I'm like, I still need to work out. Like, I can't. I can't be lazy. I can't be missing workouts. Like I've never, I have never ever missed a workout due to any like soccer or anything like mm-hmm. that. Like I, I don't think I've ever missed a workout in four years. Like that's not yeah. even an exaggeration. I always like prioritize. I always make it work and prioritize something. If I need to do it another day, then I'm gonna do another day. I've only done that once, but I'm always on top of it. Like I'm gonna have to get that workout in someday. If I have yeah. to do it at eight a.m., I'm at 8 a.m. if i have to do it at 11 p.m i'm doing it at 11 p.m yeah that's i think a lot of lifters neglect that like yeah your third bench day or um whatever but you might not think it's important but if you're doing that frequently i think it's really important to if you miss a session do it later or do it earlier or do it the next day or um add some volume to your yeah. next session and sort of make up for it because over time again it's one of those things that really adds up um absolutely and you're you're just playing for enjoyment or are you at like a higher level? I'm not really sure how it works. I mean, it's, it's, it's complicated in America, in America. We have like different divisions in um, college. So division one is the best division three is the worst. And I'm in, I'm in like, I'm in the middle. I'm in division two. It's um, I guess it's high, but it's not as high as division one. So it's not like my whole life. It's not like I'm you know, just eating, drinking soccer, you know, it's, mm. I could do other things. I could enjoy my life a little bit, the social aspect of um, college a little bit. And mm. just mainly also it doesn't take that, doesn't take away that much from lifting, especially yeah. right now. But even if I, even if coronavirus wasn't a thing, I think lifting still would still wouldn't be as affected as much as it, as people say, or as for me, cause I know how to prioritize things. Mm. I suppose. And yeah, I suppose it's just individual how you react to weekly cardio on yeah. that. I guess you're a lighter lifter. So it's, I mean, a bigger guy, I'm 120 kilos. I wouldn't expect them to be playing re- weekly sport. But, um, yeah. Yeah. What are you studying? Uh, kinesiology. Okay, yeah. And you're still living out of home and traveling to campus for class, or is it all online? Um, so, for the fall, I was in a dorm at uh, the campus, and I was there by myself because my roommate wasn't even... Uh, he was just staying at home in Pennsylvania because I have, to tra- I have to travel a little bit because I'm from out of state. So I had to travel a little bit. Um, so I stayed at dorm for the three months and then or three, four months. Then I came home. Now we're on the break. Our break got extended for another month till February 7th, 15th. And we start class next week, but we're, we're still on break. We're still on um, online for the whole, for, for our first mm. month. Yeah, that's sort of, we've been online for about a year. You're, um, because I know yeah. you have a home gym. You're training from home. How do you... Because you're at PB World. Is that what it's called? PB World, the gym? Uh, yeah, Power Build. I was, I'm actually... Oh. I'm in Pennsylvania right now. That's I'm training there for this week. Okay, because I was going to say, what's the... How do you choose between the home gym and the gym, but they're in different, what, states? Yeah, I mean, it's just... It, it's whatever my schedule is. Um, if, I'm, if I'm home for the semester... If I'm home, uh, you know, for a break, I'm going to be training at my home gym. Uh, because I have full kilos, 
I'm not going to be traveling that much to, to Pennsylvania unless I'm at school. Once I'm at school, I'm going to be storming. So I'm going to be training at Power Build, you know, every single week. Yeah. Um, just one of the things I see a lot is lifters that go through most of the year and even some of their competition prep on pound plates. And it's, I know some people definitely don't have access to kilos because I know I have to travel up the end of the coast to get, other than my home gym, to get kilos. But, um, I know a lot of people sort of get surprised when they get on their kilos for the first time. What do you think about people that choose to stay off kilos most of the year? Um, competitive powerlifters, because I see it quite a bit, and sort of yeah, they. St- I mean, if you're if you're a competitive powerlifter, and in in the sense that you choose to be on pound plates instead of kilos, um, I think it just shows that like. You're not that you care more about the views on Instagram because mm. def, people definitely have more views of pound plates than kilos. So I, I personally think that like people do that for a reason that they're on pound plates instead of kilos. They want to get more views, um, and they're just you know they're not maybe not as dedicated to lifting mm. or they just want clout, whatever you want to call it. But um, I think just training as specific as possible on the kilo, on the kilo plates it, it really helps and to transfer to competition because there's no there's no guessing about oh like what do i have to hit this day or you know there's it, it's, a, it's a direct transfer to the competition of what i believe yeah i think it's hard enough going into a comp where you're not lifting on your own time like the last for example the last competition i did it was a local meet it went for we started at like nine and we sort of finished at like four or five and there was only it was only a small competition but just took forever i think it's important um, for people to get like you want to be as competition specific as you can the whole prep you want to be yeah. eating like you I mean yeah it's good to optimize food but you got to understand on the day you're not going to be able to absolutely so for example if you're doing a cut you're not going to be able to smash yourself with food in the morning and sort of just yeah. live right it all day I think um, what, like not hitting competition standards not locking out your deadlifts and not using kilos and just you know abusing food or whatever i think it all adds up on the day and people go oh i didn't have the day that i wanted and you know sort of they get surprised i've seen that a lot (laughs) yeah i see it all the time it's oh the what's the quote um today didn't go as planned that's what it is people uh say that one all the time um A couple of other people wanted to know about you. You're obviously you have like ten thousand followers or whatever. Um, a couple of things was that haters and just that talk shit about you, but also steroid accusations on like King the List uh, comments and stuff. Because obviously at like sixteen strong, but now even eighteen like ridiculously strong. Um, how do you like deal with that? And, and do you? Because I know you get some, but how much really do you get? I'm sure your DMs are. Yeah, I mean, I don't get that many haters. Um, I guess the only thing, the only thing I've gotten, I've gotten really like hate about is my arch mm. on Instagram, like my bench. But like, yeah, it, at this point, um, like I know, like everyone knows it's competition legal in the USAPL and the powerlifting. Like everyone knows that you could do it. So like, if people are hating on your arch, you just know like they're just trying to waste your time. They're just trying to troll you, or they just like. I don't, you know, they just don't really know the competition lifts. So it, it just doesn't bother me. I think it's funny. I, I absolutely yeah. love haters because I don't, if someone hates on me, like I take it, like, it's just, they just don't know about, they don't know about me, which because they don't, they're not mm. my friend. They don't know me. 
but I just take it like I don't take it personal at all. Like you can't take haters personal. If you let haters get to you, that's gonna be your worst enemy. Mm. Um, steroid accusations, I haven't really gotten that many. A few, but I mean, I've competed in the USAPL. I've gotten mm. drug tested. My last, I've gotten drug tested twice out of five meets, um, and both were past. Like I'm just, I'm just natural and just take creatine. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, because I saw like. One of the ones recently I saw was Lex. Um, obviously, a bit of stigma around the Gymshark athletes and that with um, steroids, and he got tested. And somehow people were... Because I don't know if you saw his video, but like he didn't do any cuts in the video. It was all just one where he got yeah. tested. People were still... I saw a screenshot the other day. There was like an hour-long video. Someone posted on YouTube. I don't know. He's one of, the, one of those people that... I don't know. He gets views, but... He said, um, yeah. Lex post his Lex passed his drug test was like, or did he or something? And it was like a 45 minute video. Well, that's, but yeah, that's, um, that is the, his, uh, so he, he's sponsored by gorilla mode mm. or, or gorilla mind. And that's more place, more dates. Derek, yeah. that's the guy who, who owns gorilla mind, the supplement. Mm. So that's actually like, they work together. Like they're like, Oh, so that was like a friendly video. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't. It was more oh. like a clickbaity video. Ah, oh, right. Lost the whole video. Derek saying like Lex passes past his test, and I think he was. I think it was mostly for a promotion because Lex was um taking. He was said he was taking turkesterone or whatever it was that new product that Grillo yeah. has. Yeah, And I'm pretty sure they they let it pass or they passed it in the USAPL. It's legal, I guess. What does it do? I have no idea. It hasn't been researched enough, so I I don't know. But oh. I guess it passed. I saw, yeah, I saw all of them promoting it and I had no idea what it was. It, yeah. Like a little bottle of, I just assumed it was like for your joints or something, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't, I have no, I have no idea. Um, I think one of the things with Lex, like that dude's legs, I mean. Yeah. Whenever he gets posted on anything, it's always like steroids, steroids. But yeah, he did compete tested because I saw um, Greg Doucette's video, which I thought was very funny. And Lex's response where Lex was sort of saying like, well, what am I going to, what do you want me to tell you? Like, I'm saying that I'm natural. I'm going to compete tested. Um, and that yeah, was pretty he's funny. Just, he's like a very genuine guy. And like things that other people say with like his leg size, like, like Lex's leg size and stuff like that. Like, it's just not like a good sign of him. Like his legs are massive. Like don't mm. like his legs are big. Um, but you know, he works hard and sorry, I'm getting <laughs> you're good. Um, no, he works hard, but you got to realize that like this man has like the top 0.001% genetics, especially for his legs. Mm. His rest of his body is fantastic, but like his legs is just, mm. is a thing that made him blow up. So mm. if he didn't have his legs, I don't think he would be what he, he is now with a hundred thousand followers. I think he'd maybe have 10 K 20 K. Yeah. But with, when people are the, the size of his legs and like how they were so big and lean, Mm. They were just like the people just thought he was unnatural. Like they thought he was injecting his legs, but like people, it just it just like you just blow up sometimes. Like mm. some people have like dominant muscle groups, and they just overwhelm, you know, the majority of your other muscle groups. It's it's possible. Mm. I think he's natural. He did. Um, he also did a blood. They they took his blood. Mm. I and, saw that, and he uh, passed out. Huh? He, yeah, he fainted or whatever. Drug tested back. So I am. Um, I, I think he's. Mm. Yeah. Well, one of the comments, yeah, one of the comments on his videos was about um, one of the dudes. He was like, "Hey, I actually train at this guy's gym." Like, yeah, he's, but he and it was like, 
I don't know how he worded it, but he sort of said, yeah, this guy is impressive, but you're just seeing what he puts on the internet. Like, he's not this big in person. Like, I'm not saying that I agree, yeah, but... Absolutely. You got you to realize that these guys are taking the best pictures ever. They're taking pictures mm. that make them look as good as possible. They're not going to post average pictures on social media. They're trying to gain their following. So they're going to try to do whatever they could take and do to take the best picture and make them look as freakish as possible. Mm. Yeah. Because uh. overall, these steroid accusations help them more in the long run. Mm. That's what I believe. Oh yeah, that, I mean that's what Greg just said. That that dude is made off um, the Natty or Not yeah. videos. Like that, good on him. I think they're hilarious. I think he's funny, and it helps everyone else. I guess it's a win-win. He just pumps them out. He's probably getting paid heaps. Yeah. 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 Um, I think one of the obviously like David Late as well. I was going to ask you, were you sort of because I know when I started. I've been lifting for almost three years. Like the David Lade, Dylan McKenna era was in its prime. Is that sort of where you came from as well or were you a little bit before that? Yeah, that's literally when I started working out. When um, my friend, actually my friend showed me a video of David Lade and it was this transformation. And I think it was like, mm-hmm. I think it was it was on the come up. It, would have had like, it had like 10 million views or maybe 8 million. So it was still, I think it's 40 million now, but it was on the come up and he was like, dude, I want to look, I want to look like this guy. And I was mm. like, yeah, me too. And then that's when we started lifting together. Mm. I mean, my I, just like started lifting. I feel like that's what everyone, everyone who's like our age or a little bit older, is like, yeah, that's what, that's exactly the same. I saw David Lay's transformation. I was like, yeah, I want to do that yeah. too. It, it um, was such a good video that it just motivated so many people. I think that was his, that's his top video now. I, I had a look the other yeah. day because I was tr- seeing if he was um come out of injury yet, his shoulder yeah. or whatever. Yeah, I mean, he yeah, he's kind of like broken right now, but mm. that is his I, most popular video. I'd love for him to come back and lift again. I know, I know, he, people were saying recently that he was going to come back, but I don't know about yeah. his injuries and he's, stuff. Like he's in rehab, like he's, you know, who knows why he got injured? You know, but he should, he sh- like, I don't think he's in a position where like he's in like a like a like an injury where it's just gonna like for the rest of his life he can't lift like mm. or he can't lift heavy. Like I think he could definitely come back from it. Mm. you've met those guys hey yeah i've met um i just met and or i met anthony mantella for like the second time like two days ago at a gym in new jersey uh, i've met david late twice i've met lex a few times i've met dylan i've met james and yeah yeah you met the whole gym Shark crew because um you were when you got invited to that thing i don't know what exactly it was it was that you were squatting in that yeah. small room what was that so that was the Gymshark 66 lifting or the Gymshark lifting club. Um, so they just like had 50 people. It was, um, you just had to go to New York city and they said they were let in 50, the first 50 people. I'm pretty sure they ended up letting more in because they didn't want to leave anyone out. Mm. But like around 50 to 60 people came into the thing and I was, I came in, um, and I had everything cause I was, I was, um, texting Lex and he was like, just bring your lifting stuff just in case like because they they knew their james and lex was gonna lift so he's like just bring it just in case and i was like all right so i have my knee sleeves i have my belt i have everything ready and then they're lifting and then in like the and then like lex in the crowd he goes like can anyone hear squat 500 pounds and then like the whole crowd like is like silent and i'm just like there lifting my hand up like in the back i'm just like yeah i can yeah. So, like they let me um they let me lift um with them or they let me lift after them i think i yeah squat 455 for five and then I like, fly the bar back off and hit James. Yeah, I've seen um, that one. <laughs> yeah. 
And then right after I got a card from one of the executives at Gymshark and he sent me a package from Gymshark. So, because so, I thought, when I saw that, I thought, oh, you, you're going to get sponsored or like, this is like the sort of, what has, yeah. is there anything eventuated from that or? From, from that package, no. Um, like, I literally just got the package. I obviously promoted the clothing. I like the clothing, but I'm just guessing like, I just didn't have enough followers on Instagram or I don't know. I just thought my powerlifting side of things for Gymshark would be like, it'd be good to have for Gymshark because they have powerlifter. They don't have like a specific powerlifter that competes in like the USAPL, mm. you know? So they don't have like a powerlifting side of Gymshark. It's more bodybuilding and, you know, just looking good. Well, I know because they have Lex and Sawyer, but Sawyer yeah, is not, he's not with Gymshark. No, he's gotten, he's gotten a few, he's gotten more packages. He's gotten like three to four, but they still haven't like gave him like a contract or anything. Oh, I just assumed he was. So it's just, Lex just competed. Yeah. I just and well, and Lex just said that he's having time off anyway. He's not going to compete. He's going to bodybuild or whatever. So yeah, I feel like, yeah, he said he's not done with powerlifting, but he's taking time off. I feel like if they had you or Sawyer, they would sort of like tap into a whole other community. Cause like you said, no one is powerlifting. Like David Layden, if he was still around, maybe he'd be powerlifting, but it would really tap into the whole other side of it. Yeah, that's what I think. Like, um, like Russ, like like Russ Wool, like he really like promoted powerlifting with um, just getting like his social media following. So like, I feel like if um, Jim Chart, like they want to grow their thing even more, they could just go into different genres. Like mm. they're already in the body community, but. They're not that big in the powerlifting community. I mean, they do have Lex and they do have that girl, um, Rena Serena. Yeah. Powerlifting, mm. But that's about it. Yeah, I think oh, I think it was silly. I just assumed, yeah, I thought Sawyer was sponsored and I thought you were going to get sponsored or... Yeah, I think it'd probably be a good move for them. Yeah, never escalated, but, um, you know, they, they, they've had, they've had, they have not had any, like, recent sponsors. Mm. I think the last one was that uh, the kid, Nathaniel Messiah, who's mm. really strong. Mm. yeah i think um you said before you don't have many steroid accusations i think that would boost your um boost your comments yeah. if you were sponsored by them um get more steroid a lot of people say like oh it's like a prerequisite a lot of people think i don't i mean i think like obviously lex got tested i think nathan would be probably natty as well but you know. yeah i think he's not good. yeah we can't really say much about it if i want to eventually have those people on here i don't want to say anything that i shouldn't say um yeah obviously you're at like a high level other than what we already spoke about what do you think is like what do you need to do to be at the top like there's there's i spoke to aiden there's you there's a few others um what do you think it, it takes to be at that like top level powerlifter obviously i'm interested um i compete on a deadlift bar so i'm not in the same rules as you but I'm sure there's other people yeah. that want to know as well. Um, I would say the three main things are um, motivation. I mean, I just like I can't. I feel like I repeat myself a lot, but I'd say motivation, um, the drive to be one of the top lifters, and just like getting strong in general, and. I mean, there's a lot of other things like diet and everything, but like those three things like are like the main things in my lifting, just getting strong, just being the strongest, uh, motivation to lift every single day to get stronger. And then, you know, just discipline. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah. Those are all good. I think that's really good. Um, you're obviously very disciplined with, like you said, you haven't missed a day. What about nutrition? Like, what's your what's your diet like? I know a lot of people struggle with the consistency. Like, everyone can do it for a day, but can you do it six, seven days a week or a year? What, what sort of, like, diet hacks do you have? I mean, like, my diet isn't the best, but um, I, I just say get a lot of protein in. It's very important for powerlifting. You could say, I for, for powerlifting, it's more specific where you could, about, like, your body weight really matters um for bodybuilding like you don't doesn't doesn't really correlate but for powerlifting like your body weight really matters about where you're at um between a weight class so like people you know stay above their weight class you know they could be like five six pounds and then water cut it so track your calories track your body weight every single day um know your body weight so you could go into um a meet and like see if you have to water cut or anything uh and stay on top of your water. That's a definite mm. thing. Water is very important. How many you do you track your water, or you just drink as much as possible um, every day? I, I, no, I don't. Well, I think too much is uh, too much is actually too bad. But um, I would say like a gallon of water a day is like is uh, is the right amount because yeah. I think people drink too little and it's just like not helping them enough because like okay, well, I'll take creatine also, but um, take creatine you need a lot of water. Just water, just like is just. It's just like the it just, it just like lubricates your body, um, your joints and everything. And it just I feel like I just feel very hydrated and very like ready to work out when I have a good amount of water in me and nice and hydrated. When you when you go on a water cut, like I haven't cut for a meet because I've sort of just like we spoke about just doing it for experience. I've only done two meets. When you water cut, do you jump off creatine and that helps bring the body weight down, or do you stay on it? Um. From what Sean told me, he told me to stay on it. So for the whole like week, I was water loading. Um, I stayed on creatine. Like I didn't not I did not miss a day of creatine. Yeah, because I know like I I hop on and it's like an instant like kilo of body weight just from the water straight away. Um, is it just as easy to lose water weight with taking it when you did the water cut? Are you saying? To, to lose to lose weight yeah like when you said were you doing the water cut was it just as easy to get rid of it yeah i mean like i was i think i might i think at the peak i was at like 188 pounds and at my water load because i actually cut down a little bit because i was way too heavy um, i was basically what i am right now i was like 191 so i had to cut down a bit um just by you know fixing my diet up and i felt much better when i fixed my diet up and i had yeah. a lot more protein but um, I was like 188 and then I water loaded and then the last day I cut it and then I made the 183 class. Yeah. Um, sweet. Well, we spoke about you for ages, um, about yeah. like your story and stuff. If you, obviously a lot of people want to know specific sting things that got you to where you are. So like, obviously your bench arch, you pull sumo. Um, if you had like tips and that, because I know a lot of people, People, more, more and more people are pulling sumo and trying to bench with an arch. What sort of advice would you give? Um, I would say the first thing is when you're like adapting a new technique, um, don't be, what's the word? Um, I'm trying to think of the word. Like don't, don't like hate on it, I guess. Mm -hmm. Or like don't be, um, don't have an ego towards it. That's the right word. Just don't have an ego towards the new form. A lot of people hate on the bench arc, you know, or 
a lot of people hate on it that don't do it, but once they do it and they're, you know, they get it pretty well, you know, cause I didn't really arc before, but they, you know, they get it nice. Um, and they gain, you know, pounds on their bench. They're like, Oh wow. Like I actually, this bench arc is actually really nice. I'm gaining pounds on my bench. Uh, maybe I can actually, maybe I should actually do it for competition. So don't have an ego going into things, you know, with some sumo and conventional, like people think sumo is cheating or just whatever. Don't have an ego. Um, practice it a lot. Every single day you go into the gym. Um, I try to micro like micro tune my, um, my form, especially for my bench. Um, I just try to like make my arch every, every day I bench every like better and better drive harder with my legs, drive harder on my scat, on my, um, traps, just try to like micro tune it every single workout. That's the biggest thing I could say for bench for deadlifts. Um, just stay consistent with the, with sumo, um, really get the form down and just get what's comfortable, comfortable for you. Some people really like a close stance sumo. Some people like a really far stance. It's all about just what's comfortable for you for, um, I think sumo. Yeah, because like I've seen your sumo, you don't have like insane leverages. It's not like crazy, crazy, but you still have that really nice um, sumo. Yeah. I think. I'm, like, uh, I'm not even, like, I'm like a mid-stance sumo. I'm not mm -hmm. close, I'm not far. I'm like in the middle. And it's not like, I'm, my arms aren't that long. So it's, I do have to pick the bar up, but I'm definitely in a more um, advantageous spot um, in sumo than conventional. Yeah, definitely. One of the things I see all the time is the, the sumo with the lower back where it's they're like i don't know what it is it's like the, the pelvis is like tucked under they get closer to the bar and their lower back is just like proper bending Grounded. yeah 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 i mean i don't think i think like the lower back like if your thoracic is um mm. is rounding that's okay like your upper back that's yeah. fine uh, but if your lower back you're cat backing it basically that's mm. like you that's very like your erectors like that's just not good i don't think if your rectors are rounding. I just don't think that's good. But if your upper back is rounding, like thoracic rounding can actually help you pull in the sumo deadlift. Yeah. Um, I don't know how to do it that well. I've tried it, but I just, I can't. It doesn't feel comfortable for me, mm -hmm. but I know a lot of people that do it and they pull a lot of weight. With I feel like, rounding. I feel like it's for, I see like, a, it's a lot more common with bigger dudes. I don't know why. Yeah. I think it's, yeah. I mean, I, I can't help but thoracic. I pull conventional. Um, yeah. and I can't help it round in the upper back, but yeah, I think what we're yeah. saying with bench, like a lot of people, like I have an all right bench, like 160, 170 kilos. A lot of people DM me, ask me like cues in that. I think, um, sort of yeah. one of the, one of the ones recently I was doing, um, practicing was like the scaps all the way back. So like pinch as hard as you can. Like a lot of people, when they get into a bench, they like, um, grab the sides to like get in properly yeah. before they grab the bar. I think that's something that I've been trying recently as well. It's like, you want to sort of be in your position before you even grab the bar so that when you do grab the bar, you're there, get into it even more with the way, like I know I can barely bench properly with just the bar. Cause I need that. I need that force against me to sort of get into that proper position. Um, yeah, definitely. I, I definitely agree. I think one of the other things is important is um, practicing your warm up sets uh, like it's a top set. I know a lot of, I see, I go into a gym and there's dudes just like pumping out like 20 reps, touch and go on 70 kilos. And it's just like, just take your time, like sort of pretend it's your top set, get into that right position that you want to be in and sort of practice it. Cause then when you get to your top set, you're where you want to be. You don't have to get surprised when you, 
unrack 90% and it sort of squashes you. Yeah. I, I started doing this like a few months ago, which I haven't really done ever, but I wear my belt uh, for a squat and deadlift on every single set with the bar all the way up to my top set. Um, yeah. I just feel like it helps me and I just feel like, you know, it, it's practicing every single rep. Yeah. Um, the dude who coaches Thor, Australian strength coach. Yeah. He um he wears he's a four hundred kilo squatter. He wears his belt on the bar. Yeah. And, and it's like yeah, if if you're gonna compete with the belt on, you may as well train with it on. If you're gonna yeah. do your top set with your belt, you may as well do your warm ups with your belt. I mean, I know a lot of people say like you need core stability and strength in that, and but yeah, I feel like I you can still that. get that from the. I'm pretty sure you can still get. Yeah, I, that, yeah. It doesn't doesn't replace your core. It just it's just a thing to breathe into, really. Yeah, it's, that's all it is. It's not like it's like, you know, it, it's just to brace your core even harder. Honestly. Yeah. Are you? I read it. I read um, <clears throat> Squat University and that they talking about now. I know some of the stuff they post is bullshit, but like breathing yeah. um, three hundred and sixty degrees into the belt. Are you someone who can do that? Because I struggle with that. Breathing three. What'd you say? It's like breathing into the whole belt, like not just the front. There's like the idea of breathing the whole way around the belt. You want to fill up that that space, even in the back. I don't know if I've never even I've never even heard about that. I don't even I don't even think about that. Oh, okay. So you're just sort of like brace into the front of it. No, yeah. I just um, yeah, yeah. I just I just literally just breathe into the front mm-hmm. of it. I don't think I've never really thought about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I know some people overcomplicate it a little bit. Yeah. Um, so. Your goals. So you said you're competing a few times this year. Um, do you have? Now I spoke to Aiden. He said he he sort of micro tracks his goals, where it's block per block. He has a goal. Do you have uh, goals for the end of the year or a certain competition? Um. Yeah. I, for for the next competition, uh, I do have some goals. I guess um, they're on my phone actually. Um. I want to hit around like a 600 pound squat for February, a uh, 380 bench, and then uh, anywhere from a 683 to 700 deadlift in February. For the end of the year, I can't really like, I, I don't know because I'm getting to the point where like, it's getting pretty high level that I don't know when my progress is gonna start slowing down like tremendously. And I know that's gonna happen soon because I've been progressing really well on squat and deadlift especially. Um, and I don't know like when it's gonna slow down because mm. when you see these top guys like lift like Russ and Ham- and um, Hamstring Poppy and Sean Norris, sure. <laughs> Hamstring Poppy. I'll yeah, no, I know. Um, <laughs> like they get, they haven't really they progress, but like their deadlifts aren't going up thirty pounds a year anymore, you know. Mm. And my deadlift has been going up more than it's already gone. Already, it was like fifty pounds or sixty pounds last mm. year. So I'm just like, well, like when is it going to slow down to like ten pounds per year or fifteen pounds per year? Like I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want it. To it's scary. Down. It's uh, just whenever it happens, it happens. And, but I'm just going to keep training how I would just to get those small jumps in the way, you know? I think, well, you're set. I think you're set with Sean. I think you're in a good spot with him and having your, being your coach. Uh, but I guess the closer you get to him and Russ, um, the, the more yeah. it will slow down, I guess. Cause that's the 83 kilo yeah. limit. If Russ yeah, is the I mean, limit, if Russ is the best, it can be pushed right now. I guess the closer you get, obviously yeah, I'd like to I'd, see you change it right now. I'd like to see Sean beat Russ. I'd like to see yeah. Brett beat Russ. I like Russ. I like all the 83 lifters, but 
Um, that's my goal. I just want to. Be, I want to beat them. I want. To, I want to total nine hundred in four years. I'll total nine hundred kg in four years. And you know, you know. Yeah, I feel like Russ. Russ has started a lot later than you would. Like, there's no way he was lifting at thirteen yeah. or had a almost seven hundred pound deadlift at eighteen. Like, I feel. Yeah, that's the thing that I think that's going to be a very. Um, that's going to be to my advantage. Um, I know a lot of lifters that started late. Uh, so yeah, Russ started pretty, not too late, but he started at like I think. 20 or 21 i'd say like competitive powerlifting maybe yeah he's 25 now so like he's already 2014 2015 um but another big one is taylor atwood um he started like powerlifting when usapl basically like started not started but when it was like started to get big but he started lifting at 24 like powerlifting at 24 um he's been lifting since he was 13 he's, he's told me but powerlifting at 24 and he's got into the literally like top of the 74 kg in six years that's that's super late to start you yeah, got well so, that means you've got like six years on him i know he's a lot of lifter but yeah so like what i'm like saying is like i started at 14 mm. i started at 14 lifting um 15 and a half basically you know 16 i started powerlifting like as long as i the big thing i want to say that like this is to everyone like to the people the big thing is like stay healthy. Um, you don't want to like blow your whole career when you like tear your back or tear a ladder or anything like that. You don't want to get injured. Staying healthy is the biggest thing. Um, obviously, you want to be consistent in the gym, but if you feel something like there, like a nagging injury, you got to rehab it. You got to take time off. It's going to be for the best interest. I'd say like the prime of anything, you know, it depends on sports, but the prime is like, 27 to like 34 years old you know mm. that's what i think the prime is going to be for like me so like my prime isn't even for a few years i might be at the top when i'm 20 but still I don't won't peak for won't, won't peak but, for like 10 years yeah still i think i'm still good for another 10 years till i hit my absolute peak and then i'm going to start probably mm. egress, uh yeah regressing yeah what are you egress. doing to actively stay healthy uh, obviously you the given is good warm-ups and being careful with your form and stuff, I think. Although I do say it's a given yeah. with a good warm up, but I think a lot of people miss the importance of a good warm up. Um, other than that, what are you doing to stay healthy? Um, I think a big thing is just like nutrition. Just make sure you're getting that protein in a day where you know you're not having too many like bat like too many like shitty foods. I guess mm. uh, you just want to have enough protein where you're building muscle, but like you don't want to be losing muscle because that's going to hurt you. Um, there's nothing like recovery wise where I, I mean I have a massage gun but I only use that for like warm ups in the gym I don't like use it on my legs at home I've never really done that but I know people do that so massage guns are good um, I mean just know your body I don't yeah I, I don't really know like I just just stay at home yeah. just, on my rest days like when I have the rest days I just you know recover just yeah no it's yeah, I asked you because like staying healthy, it sounds easy, but a lot of people complicate it. But yeah, it is as simple as like, I know in my opinion, being careful when you train, eating properly, yeah. sleeping. One of the things that as a teenager, oh, yeah. I was going to say, and especially being in college, like I'm at university, I'm good with time management, so I don't lose sleep. But I know a lot of people are not good with it and they lose sleep or they have a really bad sleep schedule and it's you can probably progress forever on a bad sleep schedule, but why not fix it and progress more you know yeah i completely forgot about sleep i don't know how i forgot about that one but yeah definitely uh be on a good sleep schedule um 
And I think one thing that I could actually say about sleep is um, there's like, you have to be on like a sleep schedule. If you're sleeping eight hours a day, that's good. But if you're sleeping from like 3 a.m. to 11 p.m., uh, sorry, 3 a.m. to like 11 a.m., yeah, it's eight hours of sleep, but you're sleep you're going to bed way too late. Mm. If you're on like a good sleep schedule, which is like 10 to 7, that's some, that's like quality sleep. You're getting, you know, good sleep where you're going to feel good the next day and you don't wake up too late where you can actually get stuff throughout, stuff done throughout the day. Um, and just it's just quality sleep. You're just going to bed nice mm. and early. Um, you don't want to go to bed too late. It's just going to fatigue you. And yeah, I had an argument with my friends recently who don't think the time is relevant to sleeping. I said, yeah, you want to get a few hours before 12. Do you absolutely. think? Like, yeah, absolutely. Like I, people have told me like, yeah, I got nine hours of sleep last night. And I was like, oh, what time did you go to sleep? He goes, I went to sleep at 4 a.m. and I woke up at 1 p.m. Yeah. It's like, well, one, that's just not good sleep because you still mm. feel like crap the next day. And then two, it's 1 p.m. You already wasted your whole day. Mm. And especially yeah. one of the main things was like, you wake up on meat day, you're not waking up at 11 a.m. Yeah, yeah. You're you're up at 5.30, depending, 7 maybe, if you're lucky. And yeah, yeah so yeah. if you're not used to it, I feel like it probably takes weeks to get into a schedule. Um, to wake up and feel good at 7 a.m. or even earlier, depending on where you live. Absolutely. Mm. All right, man. Well, it's been like an hour. Um, I'll let you go. I'm sure you've got stuff to do, food to eat. Um, thanks for, thanks for coming on. It's been, it's been awesome. Of course. Uh, thank you for having me. No, you're right, man. You're welcome back on any time. Thanks for, thanks for coming on. Sounds good. Thank you. Cheers, man. See ya.